Hey everyone, happy Sunday. It's good to be back together. Uh, so excited to just share with you some of the things that, that God's put on my heart as we start off this new year. Uh, Caleb's done such a great job kicking us off with uh, leaving our, our baggage with the baggage keeper. Uh, just leaving behind some of those things that might hold us down or, or weigh, us, weigh us down as we move through the, the new year. And so we're excited to just be setting some uh, vision for a fresh new hope as we launch into this year of 2023. And we're just excited about what God is doing, what he has uh, in store for each and every one of us um, in, the, in the days ahead. Um, you know, our family loves traveling. We're hoping to, uh, to get some travels going uh, this year with, with our, our kids. And, uh, you know, Caleb said travel light uh, last week. This week, my focus is going to be travel with purpose. And, you know, a few years ago, we, uh, we had a, uh, an opportunity to take our, uh, our family and we traveled down the west coast of the of, uh, United States from uh, Seattle all the way down to Huntington Beach, California. And it was just an amazing, epic uh, family adventure. And, we, you know, we moved, we, we went down the Oregon coast, we uh, went into California, inland to Redding, then over to San Francisco and right down through uh, California Big Sur. And it was just an incredible experience enjoying the creation uh, that God had uh, made. And we had a destination. We were visiting someone in Huntington Beach. That was where we ended and, and flew home from there. But really, the joy of that trip was in the journey. The, the joy was the, the travel along the way, the experiences, the, uh, the, the views, uh, the people we met. It was, it was just a wonderful time uh, together. And, you know, we had a destination, but the journey was the joy. And today, as I talk about traveling with purpose, uh, it means that we, we do have a destination. You know, God has called us and we know where we're going. We know what our destination is, but there is joy in this journey and there is purpose that God has in this journey for each and every one of us. And that's really what I wanted to speak uh, to this morning and how we can partner with God to see the fulfillment of, of his good plans for us. He is a good God and he has good plans uh, for his children. So I'm going to start with a story from, uh, from the life of David. And actually we're picking it up with Solomon. Uh, David wanted to uh, build a temple, but he didn't get to do it. And Solomon did. He completed the temple, and in uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, we pick up the story. It says, Then the king turned around and blessed all the assembly of Israel. Well, all the assembly of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to David my father, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to David my father, whereas it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house. But your son, who shall be born to you, shall build the house for my name. Now the Lord has fulfilled his promise that he made. For I have risen in the place of David my father and sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised. And I have built the house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And there I have provided a place for the ark, in which is the covenant of the Lord, 
that he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And, and that's 1 Kings 8, verses 14 to 21. And I'm also going to read out of Hebrews 11, uh, verses 39 and 40. It says, And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. I'm just going to pray. Father, I thank you that you are with us, that you lead and guide your children, that you speak and that you provide. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, open hearts and minds this morning and that you would uh, just bring to light your plans and your purposes and, and your partnership with us to see the kingdom come on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this passage... Solomon has built the temple for the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a representation of the presence of God, and it was the central gathering point for the Israelite nation. The backdrop to this event is that David, his father, had served as king for some 40 years. It was actually under David's reign that the nation of Israel finally extended and possessed the full area that God had said they would inhabit when they were delivered from Egypt and brought to the borders of the Promised Land. Since the time of Joshua, the nation had not actually possessed everything that God had promised them. They were, they were still in that time of, of completing that extension and that battle to take over the full land. It was only under David that they finally had peace on all sides. From Joshua until David, the conflict had endured. Really, the exodus concluded in David's reign, if you could think of it that way, where they, they finally had finished the task. And it's at that point that Solomon uh, took charge of that nation. David, in his reign, had led conquest after conquest to defeat the nation's enemies. And God gave him victory. He was the one that God had brought into that place that would bring them to victory. And that was uh, prophesied and, and, and symbolized by his victory over uh, Goliath to begin before he was ever even anointed king. It was like, this is the guy that will take down the giants, uh, that will lead us actually to take down the giants. It was the whole nation, but he led them to take down the giants in the land. But at the end of his reign, uh, David says this. There's a, a story in 2 Samuel chapter 7. It says, now when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan, the prophet, see now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, go do all that is in your heart for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord. Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent for my dwelling. In all places where I have moved with all the people of Israel, did I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus, says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. 
and I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a, for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you for you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He, speaking of Solomon, shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Incredible promise that God made to David. You see, David had actually launched a new era in God. Saul had been subject to the Holy Spirit being withdrawn from him. The Old Testament, the, the Holy Spirit was not given uh, in a, a general way as we've seen in the New Testament. It was a, a, a culture or a, a time, an era, when the Holy Spirit would be given to certain individuals for certain purposes. But in Saul's case, in his failure, the Lord had withdrawn the Holy Spirit from him. But in this verse, we find that Solomon would not be subject to this uh, this rule. In fact, Solomon would live under God's grace and love. David had truly taken a, a piece of the new covenant and pulled it back into his own experience and into experience of Solomon. He was secure in the favor of God. And this looks ahead to what we would all experience in the church in the new covenant. Solomon would be a son to God. But here's what David wanted to do. David had a dream. He purposed to build a permanent temple for the ark, the presence of God, and the focal point of the nation's worship. They were still using a tabernacle, which was a tent, that was built by Moses during the Exodus. Now, I don't know how many times they may have had to replace the, the canvas or whatever materials were a part of it, but in all the intervening years, there had never been a permanent structure built. David looked around and saw the amazing palace he was living in, and it stirred his heart that there should be a beautiful, permanent home for the presence of God. And this was really a prophetic picture of the church that was coming in the future, that would be a house in which God could dwell forever. But here's David's plan. He wanted to build a temple. Initially, Nathan said, go ahead and do it. You've, you've got God's blessing, just go and do what you want to do. But then God spoke to him and said, no, 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 hold off. David's not going to do it. Solomon's going to do it. But David had a dream. David had a, a purpose. He had a vision. And it wasn't something that actually God had specifically said, you need to do this. But it was something that David had a passion to see happen. The Lord redirects him and says, hold off. It's not going to be you. It's going to be your son. But you see, David was not dissuaded by that. 
he was excited to prepare the way for his son. And in that first passage that we read, it's very interesting what Solomon says. In verses 16 and 17 of, of 1 Kings 8, it says, Since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of David my father to build a house for the name of the Lord the God of Israel. In this passage, it seems God makes it clear. He said, I didn't choose this. I didn't choose Israel. I didn't ask for a permanent house. But he also says it was good that it was in the heart of David that he wanted to do it as an act of service, of, of uh, vision, of purpose for the nation. So God didn't choose Jerusalem. He's very specific here. He says, I chose no city. He says, but I chose David. You see, God chose a person. He chose David. He said, my anointing is on you. My purposes are in you. And then David is the one who chose Jerusalem to build the temple. It was David's heart and his passion that came out of his connection and his, his love for God that said, this is what I would like to, to see accomplished. And I believe God is, is very specific about this. You know, the Bible doesn't waste words. There, there's, it's carefully chosen and preserved by the Holy Spirit throughout the centuries. That God chooses people, but he doesn't always specifically say, you must do these specific things. This is the exact thing for you. I mean, David had to extend the nation. That was very specific calling and purpose from God. But God didn't say, build a temple. That came out of David's heart. So there's this partnership that we see happening in, in David's relationship with God. And I believe it's the same for us today. You see, David had a heart after God. He was a seeker from his childhood while he was tending the sheep. And he pursued God with passion. And God took him from being a shepherd over sheep to make him a shepherd over the entire nation. I believe God works this way today. He chooses people. He allows them to engage with him in building the kingdom of heaven on the earth. There is a realm which God reserves for himself alone. David was anointed king. That was God's choice. But how David walked out his kingship depended on him. He made some good and some very bad choices along the way. God did not suspend David's role in his kingship, even when he chose poorly. You see, in our journey, when we enter into the kingdom of God, we're not given a specific set of instructions, a script for the rest of our life. There are things that very specifically we hear God about and he calls us to and we walk in obedience and see his faithfulness. But we are given a calling and an anointing from him. And he has placed within each and every one of us a unique perspective, personality, dreams, visions, giftings, talents, so many things that he has placed within each one of us. We are a, a created treasure of God. And he wants to see us rise up into those things that he has put within us from the very beginning. You know, our hearts can be deceitful. We know that. The Bible tells us that. But when we are redeemed and filled with the Holy Spirit, as we allow him to work with us, we are, we are able to discover the true us that he created us to be, the, the true uh, person that we are in him.
And together with him, we can explore these purposes. What is it that, that God has for me? What is it that I feel passionate about? You see, we've entered into a relationship with God. God wants us firstly to pursue his heart, as David did. But then he wants us to express our heart, as David did. He's put in us the ability to dream and create. Being created in the image of God means that we have free will and creativity. We've been given the ability to create new ideas, new dreams, new pursuits. God has his purposes established, but our contribution is not unimportant. We're not just passive recipients in this relationship. We are actively engaged with God in unpacking his plans and purposes for our life. God has purposes that will be fulfilled on the earth. He has determined that his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. You see, we have a kingdom vision and God is inviting us to be a part of it. How do you want to be part of it? How do you want to see the, the fullness of God's purposes on this earth established? What, what burns in your heart? What do you get excited about? You see, we have a kingdom vision um, that comes out of what Jesus did. In Acts 10, verse 38, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We share a common vision that Jesus has set before us. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Go into all the world, teaching them everything I have taught you. Make disciples of every nation, every people group. And finally, not wishing that any should perish. This is just a smattering of, of verses, of declarations of God's intent on this earth. But you see, within that big vision, that common vision that we all carry, God is looking for the unique and personal dynamic that you bring. He wants you to express your heart within that common vision. There is a purpose that God has made you for. And this, this year, I want to stir your hearts to, to seek the Lord and to express your heart and see what vision, what purpose you feel is stirring inside of you. You see, we want to travel with purpose. We're not just going through the motions, going through the day-to-day. -day. Not just waking up, you know, getting our job done, making enough money to survive, and then getting up again the next day and doing the same thing. There is, there is an eternal purpose that God intends for each one of us, a, a reason behind all of those things that is far greater than, than the mundane. And maybe it's befriending just befriending neighbors maybe it's it's being a part of of helping the poor maybe it's ministry to uh, to you know athletes or the rich or whatever maybe it's it's teaching or preaching maybe it's writing maybe it, i don't know it's art there's all sorts of ways a multiplicity of ways that the kingdom of god can be advanced on this earth but the point is that no one else can be you you have that unique blend that God has given you of personality, of intelligence, of gifting, perspective, your experience, your dreams, your preferences, what you're aware of. 
you were created for a unique purpose. My encouragement today is to, be, to dare to dream. Be willing to dream. Dreaming can be a risky thing because it may not play out the way you hope. As you dream, there might be expectations that get created. Maybe things don't quite work the way that you were hoping, but don't stop dreaming. Don't let that stop you from going out and, and imagining what could happen, of allowing your heart to, to engage with God and say, hey, what, what could we do together? What would, be, what would be possible, you and me together, with the church around us? We're not alone in this, but there is a uniqueness in the dreams that we may have. So the prophet Nathan initially said to David, yeah, go for it, God's with you, right? That was his, his gut reaction. It was like, oh, God's with you, just do it. Do what you want to do. But then God spoke to him. And he came back and he had to backtrack a little bit. And, uh, and you know, David could have been disappointed or disillusioned uh, that Nathan was sort of redirecting him a little bit. But he wasn't. He actually, I think he even saw this as a, a greater expression of the kingdom of God on this earth, that he would be able to prepare the way for his son to step in to the fulfillment. You see, as we travel with purpose, we may not be able to achieve our dreams in our lifetime. We may not be able to achieve our dreams on our own. We, we may need to have others with us. We may need to have future generations that come after us in order to actually fulfill the dream that stirs in our hearts. And I think that's a good thing. That's why I read the Hebrews 11 passage about how the chapter about faith and those that walked by faith, at the very end of it, it says, but they didn't actually receive what was promised because only together with us would they be made perfect or complete. The word actually means complete. So it's like we become the completion of the dreams of those that have come before us. It's an incredibly beautiful beautiful picture. So travel with purpose this year. What are the dreams in your heart? The theme this month of fresh new hope, authentic hope will inevitably lead to dreams. What are your dreams? What has God stirred in your heart? You know, I was saying that the dreaming can be a risk and, and I have a quote here from Melissa Helzer. She's a, a worship leader. Uh, she and her husband um, have written songs like No Longer a Slave that many people will know. But this is a quote from, uh, from her. She says, Adventure in theory is full of excitement and bleeds with passion for life. But adventure in reality is full of breathless moments, silent nights, and wounds that leave scars of memory on a heart. You see, traveling with purpose is not for the faint of heart. It is for those that have tasted of the goodness of God and have captured a vision to see His greatness spread over all the earth. But there's an awareness that there's going to be bumps along the way. But the vision and the dream remains firm in our hearts. And how we think about these things is so important. I've got a few thoughts here just about kind of the mindset or the, the, the attitude that we can bring into dreaming with God. And the first one is that you are never just something in the kingdom of God. You're never just a parent, uh, just a laborer, just a software developer, just a nurse, just a anything. You're, you are anointed and called 
son or daughter of the king of kings. Some would have said David was just a shepherd, but he wasn't. Before he was a king, he was already a man after God's own heart. Never think of yourself as just you finish the statement. That's not, that's not God's statement over you. The second thought about this is that you can't dream bigger than God. Don't hold back. You see, God can handle audacious dreams. In Ephesians 3.20, he says, I am able to do more than you could ask or imagine. I mean, that's an incredible statement. And so he allows us to dream big. Um, Another point, dreams take faith and obedience. Uh, There is no obedience without faith. You see, how can we obey if we don't actually believe? In Hebrews 11, it says they must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Fourthly, uh, sometimes God will do things for you and sometimes he'll do them through you. We don't always know in advance how that's going to play out. So, so we have to hold things lightly. You know, sometimes he'll just do things for us, but sometimes he'll want us to engage and he wants to do it through us. And the last one that I, I want to say in this regard about your mindset is that your season in the kingdom isn't determined by the season of the world around you. Your season is in God's hands. You see, when we're in him, his sons and his daughters, the, the season of life or the, the season of, of, of God that we are in is not dictated by the economics around us, the political system around us, the, the relationships around us. It's not determined by the things around us. It is determined by God. Isaac in uh, Genesis 26, there's a story where he sowed in the midst of a famine and he reaped a harvest of a hundred times in the same year. He was not subject to the famine because he was living in a different Uh, under a different reality in in God. And so, similarly, we may all be in different places in our journey. So summarizing, travel with purpose. The, The first priority that I think we all need to have as we spend time to to discern the purpose that God has for us, the first priority is to build a place for the Lord to dwell in your life. David spent time worshiping the Lord in isolation. That was where he, he, that was the genesis of his experience, of his dreams, of his passion. It's so, so important to build a place for the Lord to dwell in your life. Secondly, surrender your plans to the Lord. Dream with God. So have a dream. Dare to dream. Don't hold back. When you're in his presence, what burns within your heart? Or as you're going about your day and and you're just listening to him, what stirs your heart? But then lay the dream before him. You know, David had to make adjustments. He had to redirect a little bit. The dream wasn't set aside, but God brought direction to it. Yield to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the great discipler. If you ask him to disciple you and teach you, To follow him, he will do it. The third point, my summary of traveling with purpose, is to live for something that will outlive you. This is the Hebrews 11.39 passage. That all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, 
they should not be made perfect. You see, David's dream was fulfilled by his son Solomon. We today are fulfilling dreams of those that have come before us. And I believe that God is calling us to, to dream, to have a purpose for our lives, but a purpose that will actually be bigger than we could achieve on our own, in our own time. And lastly, in traveling with purpose, key is to be thankful. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. You see, we might have a big dream and we might only start to see a very small bit of it to start with. Be thankful, celebrate that. Don't say, oh, well, it's just this, it's not that. No, no, if it looks anything like the big, if it is just the smallest tiny step, celebrate that. And do not despair when the things don't go the way you planned. You know, David, as he was king, he had some struggles along the way. He had to run from Absalom at one point, his own son. But it never changed God's calling and purpose on his life. So do not despise the day of small beginnings. Be thankful. And don't despair when there's changes in the path that you thought you're maybe going to follow. Because God's plans and his purposes are always, always good. God is good and he has good plans in store for you. Maybe today, you're not sure, you, you want to travel with purpose, but you're not sure that you have started the journey with God, that you, your foundation hasn't been set in God. You're looking for purpose, but the place to start is to establish God's place in your heart. Give him a place to dwell in you. Let the Holy Spirit come in and shift the focus of your life to honor and serve God all your days. Maybe you want to start that journey today. Maybe you want to say, yes, God, I want to travel this road with you and I want to discover my purpose in you and you've never done that before. Well, today is your day and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If, if that stirs your heart, if you want to commit your life to him today, then I encourage you just to repeat after me as I pray. Just give you a moment. I know the Lord is speaking. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize today that I have been trying to find purpose without you in my life. I want to make you Lord of my life today. I give you my heart. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm just so excited for you. You've just entered into a great adventure that will be beyond all that you could imagine. And I know that God is going to lead you and guide you in the days ahead. Thanks for tuning in. It's been just a pleasure and a privilege to share uh, today. And uh, bless you all to just run with God with purpose in this new year. Amen.